Welcome to the second episode in a series of episodes where we are showcasing the top five listened to episodes of 2020 in order to transition from season one to season two of the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. Last week, we featured the top five listened to episodes of 2020 with clinicians, and this week it's with the healthcare real estate investors. In episode 20, we hear from Ann Atkinson of Care Property Investors. After years leading acquisitions at one of the top healthcare real estate investment trusts, she shares with us how she has started her own company and its philosophy and criteria for its healthcare property investments. In episode 27 with Ted Barr, co-founder of Woodside Health, he shares his perspective on the organic side of the healthcare real estate investment business, that is the relationships developed with the people performing the transaction and ultimately the tenants themselves in a property. Chris Camella, partner of Cypress West Partners, is featured in episode 13. Chris is another investor that likes to focus on developing relationships with the parties in the transaction and can get financially creative depending on each type of transaction he is pursuing. He can also be the voice of reason and glue that puts together a transaction with various physician owners and investments in a physician-owned property. Episode 19's interview is with John Pollock, CEO of Meridian, that specializes in healthcare real estate development and is creative with offering ownership structures to physicians. Meridian's depth and breadth of experience offers redevelopment and development of healthcare properties that enhance healthcare brands. Vance Marshall, a partner of VJ Properties, shares his stories in episode 10 of a joint venture redevelopment with various physician owners in a property, as well as selling land to a hospital to develop a hospital campus. Listen in next week as we showcase the top five interviews of 2020 with professionals that offer advice on the healthcare industry, statistics of the healthcare economy, and entrepreneurism for the audience. This is the Providers, Properties, and Performance Podcast, the podcast that brings together leaders in healthcare and investment real estate to consider the possibilities and future at the intersection of practicing medicine and healthcare real estate investment returns. Welcome to the Providers, Properties, and Performance Podcast. I am your host, Trisha Talbot. As a healthcare real estate advisor to providers and investors, the best solutions occur when the two collaborate together as partners in delivering better patient care. Providers can deliver care to their patients when and where they need it, and investors realize the returns to build and manage facilities. We explore changes in medicine and wellness, the future of healthcare, and using real estate as a strategic and financial tool. Episode 20, Investing in the Future of Healthcare Delivery and Demand. It really makes a property viable as a, as a building that can exist for the next 15 or 20 years. And we're a long-term owner, a long-term private owner. So it's really important that our buildings are viable and their location and their, their internal configuration to accommodate the future of healthcare. This week, you hear from Ann Atkinson, founder and CEO of Care Property Investors. Her background transacting billions in medical office properties inspired her to create a company that acquires and operates healthcare properties in partnership with stakeholders focused on delivering better patient care and moving in the direction of the future of healthcare consumer demand. Anne's company is intentionally data-driven, basing strategic decisions on healthcare trends such as more healthcare services being delivered in outpatient ambulatory facilities. Anne, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. 
Well, I'm excited to interview you. You have such an incredible background in healthcare real estate investing, leading billions in MOB acquisitions at one of the largest publicly traded REITs in the country. And now you're founder and CEO of a privately held real estate company. So what inspired you to start Care Property Investors? Yes, thank you. You know, I've been fortunate to have a a great track record. I've worked with some fantastic companies and some really incredible people. And and through my work with those teams, we've been able to accomplish a, a pretty pretty high volume of, of transactions and deals across the U.S. We've, I've been a part of teams that have closed you know, $4.7 billion in acquisitions and over half a billion in dispositions and $655 million in brokerage transactions. So through that, I've, I've gotten to see a lot of transactions, a lot of real estate capital allocation to the sector. I've been fortunate to be able to, to be a part of many different markets and uh, over the last 16 years, really understand the intricacies of the medical office building investment space. So that background, which is heavily a volume-based background, I began to see that there's more of the healthcare real estate investing than just the volume, right? And at that level, it's not all about volume, but I really believe that you can, as a real estate owner, as a partner, you can effectuate improvement to health outcomes by being the best owner, by having the best healthcare real estate, and by following some certain steps to allow your tenants to really thrive in your building. So I saw an opportunity to be different and to be much smaller, but to really be focused on being a partner with physician tenants to help them improve healthcare outcomes and to help them have a better experience in your buildings, which all translates to better investor returns. Absolutely. And I I see a lot of the messaging continuously for care property investors around the interest in partnering with stakeholders in the property. You know, one such partnership you mentioned includes the physician owners. And do you think care is a viable solution to a group of busy physicians that want to be passive investors in a property, but, you know, still do their day job um, and have an experienced healthcare real estate partner operating the facility and day-to-day operations? Yeah, absolutely. We are a partner and that can look very different depending upon the tenant that we're partnering with, whether they have an interest in, let's say they own, if a group of physicians owns a building and wants to totally monetize the asset to focus their capital on their on their practice. Great. We can be a solution in that instance. What often happens is if you have a group of physicians that owns a building or desires to have an ownership interest, not every physician is on board with the same strategy, right? These are people with families and priorities and personal goals. So a solution when you have the physicians that have varying objectives. Some physicians might want to have, let's say they're selling a building, some physicians might want to have a portion of their equity you know, kept in the asset. Some physicians might want to entirely cash out. Some physicians might want to uh, keep all of their money invested in their specific building. And we offer a solution to physicians that caters to what their objectives might be. And as you know, working with a lot of different physician groups, you know, there are always many different objectives. And so we, we use our expertise in this very dedicated sector to be a solution for, for those groups of physicians. And, and not necessarily just local physician groups. Sometimes we're talking about regional health systems and have objectives for a real estate partner. So we focus entirely on being a viable solution to these health providers that are really, that are doing the great work here. Right, right. And take the the real estate part off their hands. 
So, you know, being part of a REIT, there was obviously, I think, some very specific investment criteria to meet to preserve the wealth of shareholders when acquiring properties. And as a privately held real estate company, offers you more flexibility. So when you analyze a property for care investment, what is your acquisition criteria? Yes, we are. We're nimble, we're flexible, but we're also highly disciplined. And as I as I'll walk through our, our acquisition criteria, I think you can catch kind of the tenor and the tone of what we seek. But there are technical facets to what we what we look for in a property that really makes a property the future of healthcare real estate. That really makes a property viable as a, as a building that can exist for the next fifteen or twenty years. And we're a long-term owner, a long-term private owner. So it's really important that our buildings are viable and their location and their, their internal configuration can accommodate the future of healthcare. Episode 27, Happily Investing in Harry Healthcare Properties, Part 1 of 2. One of the things that I can do that's a little unique is I can buy a building owned by a doctor group and I can say, you want to stay in? You want out? Some stay in, some out. I can do all of that. And I give that flexibility. It's quite nice on, say, a building that might have been built 20 years ago. Doctors are aging a little bit. Some have retired. Some have sold the businesses, still own the real estate. Some have passed away and you have heirs. And I'll come in and I'll just, you know, buy out their partnership. I'll just restructure it. And the ones that want to stay in, stay in. The ones that don't, don't. I can do it in a very tax efficient way for them. I'm fine having them in. I like having them in. Transacting healthcare real estate involves buildings and numbers. However, the people making the decisions and understanding who they are, why they do what they do, and how they do it is very dynamic and brings an organic side to the business. Join me in the first part of a two-part episode interviewing Ted Barr, co-founder of Woodside Health based in Cleveland, Ohio. I invited my fabulous business partner, Kathleen Morgan, to guest host this episode with me. Well, Ted, welcome to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. Thank you. Look forward to it. So we have a special treat today. I have a guest co-host here, Kathleen Morgan, my business partner, and I know you two know each other very well, so we're excited to, to interview you. I look forward to it, and I enjoy working with the two of you. Thank you. Woodside Health is based out of Cleveland with assets nationwide. So give us a history of Woodside Health and the goals you and your business partner wanted to achieve with the company. Sure. I was in full service brokerage, mostly consulting, and got together with a a buddy of mine over drinks and appetizers. And we thought, you know, let's, let's start buying more property. Until then, I was doing the consulting, bought a property here and there, nothing that much. Got together, enjoyed the conversation. We talked about it. From there, we decided to do our own little consulting project on what we want to buy and where we want to buy it, spent uh, a lot of time, almost like hiring ourselves as our own client, decided that we wanted to do healthcare, and then started looking at which states, what kind of healthcare, what the properties looked like. And 10 years ago, we started, bought our first property, um, homegrown, took the money out of the checkbook, and kind of grew from there. 
Then next year bought, you know, another property and a little bit bigger. And now we're in uh, four states, about 40 some properties and continuing to grow. In fact, just yesterday closed on another property. Well, and, you know, you tell us how you're a serial entrepreneur in the real estate industry, and but Woodside you formed specifically to focus on healthcare real estate. So why did you decide to have Woodside focus only on the healthcare asset class? Well, if you're looking at our thought of where different real estate classes were going, where healthcare was going, where retail was going, where industrial was going, uh, we thought we had a nice little niche. I come from a consulting background where I used to represent doctors and hospital systems, and I had some insights into that industry. Uh, liked where the industry was going. Lenders were lending on it. I considered it a high adjusted return for the risk as compared to other real estate. Um, with intimate knowledge that I could bring to the table, I could even adjust that risk even lower. And effectively, I'm buying what I consider great stable real estate in great markets, getting significantly uh, above average returns on my money and enjoying and having a blast while I do it. <laughs> I like that a lot. Ted, on that same vein, with you specializing or focusing on healthcare assets, what do you think sets Woodside apart as an investor? Well, there's a lot of people who do what we do. But most of those players are looking for cleaner deals, more stabilized credit, long-term leases. Probably what sets us more apart is we'll take deals that have what is considered in the industry hair on them. That is something that is difficult. So we tend to buy assets that if the hair didn't exist, there's lots and lots of players who would like to buy it. And often, um, a seller will try to correct that hair. Their broker will try to correct that hair. But if they can't and still want to sell it, we're an option. So we'll take on high vacancy. I'll buy all the way from a stabilized property to 20% vacancy, all the way down to zero. I'll buy deferred maintenance. I'll buy fractured ownerships. I'll buy short-term leases. I'll buy non-credit. I'll buy um, medical buildings that have components in them that are not medical. I price it accordingly and expect higher returns for the risk I take, but I'll buy things that a lot of others won't. And part of that is we do our research, we understand what we're getting into, and we make an assessment that we can fix the problem. We can either bring tenants to it or fresh capital and take a C building up to a B, but we'll stand away from others only because of what we'll do. Episode 13, Investing in Properties with Practicing Physicians. A single doctor who could buy his own condo, that's like the most the simplistic ownership of real estate. You don't need us. You could have two doctors that want to buy maybe a little bit bigger condo. You don't really need us. You got 40 doctors who are part of a large regional practice and they want to own real estate, but who's going to be the alpha that leads it and how hard is it for him to do that when he's got patients to see? You know, They bring us in and I take doctors out of the crosshairs and we say, this is how it works. 
this is a tried and true, and then we get credibility because we do this for a living. He may have had the same plan, but he's going to get challenged by half of his doctors. You don't know what you're talking about. Half of them are going to agree, and the other half are going to disagree just to disagree because you don't do this every day. This week's interview is with Chris Kumela, a partner of Cypress West Partners, a private real estate investment company focused 100% on healthcare real estate. They acquire and develop properties, then manage the asset in-house with property management, leasing, and construction management. Their current focus is in the Western United States, and they continue to grow. I appreciate their creativity with making deals in the market and sensitivity to collaborating with physicians to create win-win scenarios as joint venture investment partners. I hope you enjoy listening to Chris as he shares his expertise with making successful medical property investments together with his investor and physician partners. Well, welcome, Chris. Thank you for taking the time to have this interview with me. Sure. So, Chris, your resume includes several years in healthcare real estate, in the healthcare real estate industry prior to starting Cypress West Partners. So what initiated you to start the company? Well, the, the company that my partner and I worked for previously had um, holdings in apartments and healthcare. Uh, and I actually, this is about 10 years ago, I, I had more of an apartment background. And my partner and I we're both focused. We thought our careers would be in apartments and we got exposure to healthcare. Uh, and at the time, apartments were a four letter word because this was the financial crisis, 08, 09. And, you know, housing was housing and investors were shying away from everything. And uh, institutions were doing well, even through the downturn in healthcare. So we said, and this has some real staying power. It operates and looks different than apartments. We should start focusing on it more. And that just led ultimately to dedicating all of our attention. We, we couldn't do it as a side hobby. You, know, you can't just do healthcare on the side. Or you know, one of the things I like to say is there's a lot of general office guys. Well, they're just buildings with doctors. They're the same as office. They're not. They're not even, they're not even remotely close. So you, you have to give it all your focus. So we started in 2010, 2011 to focus all of our attention on, on healthcare. We saw more opportunity. We we thought that demographic swings and institutional investor sentiment was pushing us into focusing more on healthcare. And we felt like we were a little more standalone in the space, whereas you know we're based in Orange County, California. There's probably a hundred, two hundred, <laughs> you know, apartment sponsors um, in that area. In this area, there's there's probably two, you know, medical. So we said this is a good place for us to you'll get away from being a, a me too, you know, one, one of just 200. So. Well, you said a couple of things I would love you to expand on. So you said, you know, healthcare real estate has, you know, staying power in the demographics and institutional investors were pushing you in this direction. Can you expand on that a little bit more? Well, I think that if you, every article that everybody was reading was talking about the silver tsunami, all the retiring baby boomers and how much that was going to increase demand for healthcare and increased demand for healthcare means increased need for real estate. And, you know, the trickle down effect would be, this would be a, a growth sector. And I think because of its resiliency during the last downturn, a lot of institutions started moving healthcare real estate from the back burner or more of a niche or some kind of alternative asset. It, it, it found its way to have a full seat at the table and therefore it started receiving allocations so instead of just dabbling, if somebody had a billion, there may be 
50 million, 100 million dedicated toward healthcare. Whereas before, if they did a healthcare deal, great. They never had, you know, allocations. So once they start raising money and they have an allocation, you know, healthcare was going to see that money placed. And, you know, it created a, like I said, a, a little bit of a tsunami in our space. You know, in your prior experience bringing it to Cypress West Partners, um, how do you think that that benefits, you know, your tenants, um, your partners and that sort of, and all of your relationships? Because, you know, I have some investors that they're like, you know, I have these proceeds from this recent sale and, you know, I've heard healthcare and medical office is, is good to get into. So when you hear those things, what's your response? Because I know what mine is. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's for the faint of heart. I, I think that, you know, they're shocked to hear there's winners and losers in this space and everybody almost thinks that there's a guarantee that that's a hospital. They never fail. Hospitals fail just like any other business. Doctors fail less. Um, so we don't mind making bets on doctors. They have earning potential to get them out of some tight situations, but I, I don't think you could just throw your money into healthcare and say, we'll just figure it out. So I, I think we've been completely rewarded as a company for focusing 100% on it. Episode 19, Simplifying Development to Enhance Healthcare Brands. Yeah, so I was really taken with that Spanish colonial architecture and that really distinctive sort of stone facade that's on that building. It's just it's gorgeous. I think it was one of the first clinics in Arizona. So it was uh, built by a family, the Grinnells, um, in, in memory of their daughter who had died, I think, in 1929. So, yeah, it's got a lot of history. And, and man, if you walk into that building, there's sort of this memorial hall with murals on the top. John Pollock, CEO, discusses how Meridian offers streamlined healthcare development and investment solutions to providers. His experienced team can deliver a path through ground-up new development or redeveloping outpatient properties that offer better branding and patient access to care. Please join me as we hear Meridian's history, John's vision, and the story behind a recent redevelopment project. Thank you, John, for taking the time for this interview, and welcome. Thank you, Tricia, for having me on your program. I have... uh... Really excited about our conversation today and enjoyed some of your previous episodes. Great. Well, I like to start with how Meridian has started. So describe the who, when, why, and how. Sure. Great, great question. Back quite a number of years ago, our parent company, who had uh, historically invested predominantly in multifamily and residential through their various subsidiaries, decided that they wanted some exposure to the commercial markets. And that was the uh, genesis of Meridian. At the time, my predecessor, Bill Powell, um, was quite friendly with the chairman of our company. They dove in headfirst into the suburban general office value add sort of strategy when they first got started. That was in 1999. And if we think forward, to 2000, it wasn't exactly the best time to jump into suburban general office here in the Silicon Valley and the the dot-com bust hit Meridian like a ton of bricks. I ended up joining Meridian in 2006 when their strategy had begun to shift to speculative healthcare campuses in secondary and tertiary markets uh, throughout California. The strategy was pretty simple. We would build these sort of single-story 
anywhere from as small as four buildings to as many as 15 building little campuses. We would divide up the spaces in, in a way that uh, individual practitioners could buy. So we would condominiumize the buildings. And it made a lot of sense up until the 2008 recession. Docs were practicing as individual practitioners at that point in time. They were taking money out of their home and buying, buying the buildings that they occupied. But 2008 was uh, where that, that gravy train came to an end. But as the eternal optimist that I tend to be, I try to look at you know what, what were the good things that came out of that downturn. And two things really come top of mind, and that is, uh, one, it sort of forced us to get really intimate with our customers and get to know their businesses. The only way we were going to move any of that product was to really hold those dock and um, providers' hands. We still had access to capital, so we were able to provide tenant improvements. We no longer cared if we sold the condominium. We would we wanted to lease it. We wanted those spaces occupied, and so uh, it really got us down and dirty with uh, with our our clients. And that sort of mindset and that sort of approach to business has maintained is is continued with us. The other thing too is that. Uh, while we had a lot of uh, vacant inventory in 2008, we also had a lot of debt, none of which we compromised. And so those banking relationships have remained strong and have provided us incredible access to um, attractive debt since we were able to successfully nav- navigate those turbulent, uh, turbulent period. If I could, then, you know, since then, we've really focused on carving a niche niche in the market um, that is a little bit different than our competitors, I like to think. We definitely focus on the outpatient uh, ambulatory care. Uh, we almost exclusively focus on off-campus, and uh, we're both an investor and a developer of uh, healthcare real estate. And one way I think that can really help to illustrate the differences is we had a competitor, one of our uh, formidable competitors, uh, build a 80,000 square foot MOB on campus here in an urban area in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it was a great, beautiful, sexy building. And, um, you know, of course, everybody would have loved to have done that building. But what we did instead is we have in that same market now, we're just finishing up the development of our second building that happens to be off campus. And some of the benefits to our, our clients are that they get really, quite frankly, better access to care. So you get a surface level park uh, building, you get, in, in most cases, uh, lower rents, you don't have the ground lease restrictions that are sometimes associated with the on-campus buildings. That example really helps to illustrate the differences that Meridian sort of approaches the healthcare market uh, versus some of the more notable um, competitors. Episode 10, Partnering with Physicians. A big part of the the objective here for them was to consolidate a variety of medical practices who were spread in different places in Fountain Hills. In today's episode, Vance Marshall shares the VJ Property story as a local private real estate investment company based in Phoenix, Arizona. We explore two medical office investment projects, one in Fountain Hills, a suburb located northeast of Scottsdale that was a joint venture with physicians and adaptive reuse of a former town hall to a medical office property. 
Then we moved to East Mesa, a suburb east of Metro Phoenix, where VJ invested in land that is now the home to the Mountain Vista Medical Center Hospital and a 100,000-square-foot on-campus medical building where VJ still owns land for build-to-suit healthcare real estate opportunities. So welcome, Vance. Thank you. Thank you, Tricia. So I met you and your business partner, Jeff Lanes, in 2004 when you owned 725 South Dobson. And did you know that that just sold to Dr. Walk of Skin Cancer Center of America or Arizona? Really? Yeah. Okay. Very good. <laughs> and uh, I know VJ Properties' investment spectrum is wider than healthcare properties and includes some office and industrial. Uh, do you invest in other property types? No. Um, and I'd say we rarely do office either. Our, our our primary focus is on industrial and, and medical. And if I had to describe what sets VJ's properties apart in the market, I would say it's your creativity with your real estate investments and adaptability to the market. Would you agree or describe yourself differently? No, I'd, I'd agree. We are uh, local and Jeff and I have been partners for 23 years. I think one of the distinguishing factors that we have is that we have a preference toward building rehabilitation rather than building from the ground up. And it's it's really a question of can you end up with a quality product or less per square foot or you know a more attractive setting. Well, that's a great lead into uh, the project that you and I want to discuss today. So going back to 2006 and Fountain Hills Medical Center, uh, this is a property that you purchased, rehabbed, and sold, but how were you first introduced to this property? Well, this was unusual. We were one of three development companies asked to make a presentation to doctors groups and a physical therapist group who all wanted to participate in ownership of a building in, in Fountain Hills. They had the building in escrow, actually. And anyway, we made a presentation they were comfortable with us, so we proceeded and bought the building. They wanted to participate in ownership, and um, we bought the building. I think about 42% of the equity was Jeff, me, and our partners, and then the remainder was the doctors. That was the, of the original equity. So the doctors had the property tied up in escrow, and then you guys came in and, and took it over from there? Yes. And, and took over the planning, the construction, the zoning issues, financing. I remember one of the, one of the interesting factors, and, and uh, I still don't quite understand this, but initially we did a lot of banking with one of the major banks here, uh, and so did Smile. And there was some internal bickering within the bank as to whether this would be a loan done through the real estate department or through Smiles, you know, executive department. The executive department ended up winning out in that battle internally within the bank that proposed a loan we didn't like. So we ended up going outside to a, to a different lender to get our construction loan. Well, when you first purchased the property, it was not a medical property, correct? No, it's, a, it's three individual buildings that were... The municipal buildings for Fountain Hills, when Fountain Hills was much smaller than the size it is now, and the city had moved, uh, they had been leasing those buildings, but the, the city moved, so the buildings were, were totally vacant and available for sale. 
And so the, the physicians, they liked this location for a medical property? Did they, did they want you to demo it and build something new, or did they want you to rehab it? They said they could go either way, and we evaluated it and felt like uh, with the other difficulties, it would, have been, it would have been more expensive to demo it and, and build from scratch. A big part of the, the objective here for them was to consolidate a variety of medical practices who were spread in different places in Fountain Hills. I'm grateful for you tuning in to the Providers, Properties, and Performance podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with others. As a disclaimer, this podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only and not intended for specific real estate investment advice.